forward. Welcome to the Monday night call. Very excited for you to be here because it's a new year and I promised that I would have done this training at the end of 2019, of 2019, but kind of ran out of gas. And I'm like, you know, I just need to enjoy these holidays. And so I took two weeks off and now we are back in the swing. We're gonna talk about expos and vendor events today because it's a major topic and it seems like things these days are not uh, the same as they were when I started with vendor booths. So let's, we'll get into that in just a second. So <laughs> thanks, Sandra. Oh, I hope you're doing well there, girl. I'm going to put a link in the chat for, um, I'm going to be doing a rally online for you guys in, uh, well, for the regular rally on the 28th or the 18th. So let me grab that link. I'm going to skip that for you here and put it in the chat. I'll put it in the chat on the uh, regular group. The reason is because I feel like everybody should have their chance to go to a rally. And if you don't um, have a chance to go to a rally, then you kind of miss out, especially a live one. I know there's a lot on, uh, you know, Facebook pages and stuff like that, but it's different when you are attending one live and I'm going to be broadcasting just like I broadcast like this in that group. So it is a real rally and <clears throat> that group will only be around until like maybe a couple days after the rally exists and then I'm going to dismantle the group. So join the group, fill out the questions. You know, when you go to, um, you can probably search it if you're listening to this broadcast, it's, um, I'll have it posted in the Diamond Factory System group. It's going to be the January 18, 2020 live rally group. I don't have a redirect for it to make it simple, but um, if you can't find it, just go to the Diamond Factory System group and then you can find the group here because I'm going to be posting it in there as well. But I feel like it's really nice to have that interaction versus having slides and posts and things like that. It's literally going to be the presentation. So instead of traveling, like for me, I usually go to Chicago and who only knows what that weather is going to be like this way, it'll be rest assured, we'll have no problems with the rally because I don't know what they're going to have for us this time. <laughs> so we'll see what's going to happen. So anyways, let's uh, get into the call. Um, if you're new to this call and you're not on the email list to get on the announcements for the Monday call, go to OurSimpleTraining.com. And you can put your name in there and then get on the email list. Also, too, we have the rebroadcast for this, this call is on iTunes and SoundCloud. So either search Jen Springer or search Diamond Factory and you will find the, the group that goes with this, <clears throat> you know, podcasting. Then you can download it to the phone. You can put it on your computer, whatever it is you want to look at or listen to. And so just so long as you get the information and the content. So I want to talk about um, the successful ways of having vendor booths today. Because when I first started my business at Young Living in 2001, I didn't know anybody, you know, and there's no excuse at all in this business as to not knowing anybody because there's a million ways, especially nowadays, you can meet people. There was no internet, hardly. I mean, there was, but not really. And no social media. There was nothing like that. There was forums at the time but there really wasn't anything. So how do you meet people when you don't know anybody? And the way that I knew about 
uh, meeting people was through it's like what we call them shows. You know, I had done antique shows with my mother and my grandmother for many, many years since I was like 15 years old or maybe even 14. And I would get up and do these shows with my mom like every month. So I knew how to do a vendor table. And when I started Young Living, I thought, well, I know how to do vendor tables. <laughs> so I started searching for those in my local community and I was able to find them and then grow my business that way especially for the first five years. I did a lot of vendor booths. I, I did one probably at least one every week for the first five years. I traveled all over the country and did shows. So is that the ultimate way to build your business? Well, I will tell you there's some caveats to that. Uh, one of the exciting things with doing expos and vendor booths is you meet new people all the time. However, I had invested $30,000 of my home equity line of credit to buy inventory and to have money to pay for these booths. So is that duplicatable? Maybe not for most people, you know, and you can get a table and have, you know, I had a lot of inventory, you know, a lot of inventory because I wanted to really be able to, to have product offering. And, you know, I'm going to talk about that in a little bit, you know, getting into, you know, do you need inventory and stuff like that? But it was the way that I launched and my business grew very, very, very fast. You know, I, I was able to hit the equivalent of silver in like just three months. And then we had a rank called ambassador, which was gold just within that year. So it was very fast. And the problem was, I think to some degree is that we were enrolling too many people too fast. You know, you couldn't keep up with all the people you enroll. We would enroll 40 people in a weekend in an expo, 100 people a month, you know, boom, boom, boom. You know, we're doing these classes and these events and then following up with classes afterwards. And it, it, it is different now. It's very different. Young Living was the only game in town back then. You know, it was only $5 to join. And most people would buy the Essential 7, which at the time was $69 or $59. And that's what we had. And it was easier to get people enrolled. Also, like I said, there's nobody else in town. It was Young Living versus the health food store. And now there is so much competition on essential oils. Not, I mean, we know Young Living is better, but you also are dealing with all that competition. So you've got that. The other thing I believe, which is the greater factor, is that all of the vendor expo booth types of events, people are kind of numb to being sold. And they know when they go to these types of vendor events, whether it's a women's expo or it is a, you know, church thing or it's a Christmas bazaar or it's a, you know, county fair, their money only goes so far and they're a little bit numb to all the stimulation, especially some of these shows are almost all network marketing companies. So I believe that is also a difference because it's just a different market than it was when I started almost 20 years ago. So with that being said, I know that things have changed quite a bit. So what I want to um, start out with, I want to go talk about the top 10 ways of growing, you know, or trying to do some vendor boosts. I still do them now and then it's not my primary way of building anymore. Cause I just, I don't want to do all the traveling. I did so much traveling for those five years. I mean, literally at least one vendor event a week, you know, and sometimes it was more if I was doing chamber of commerce mixers or, 
you know, small events that were at people's offices, you know, things like that. So there was a lot of traveling and that was the con of it was the traveling, the expense, the inventory, you know, enrolling too many people where you couldn't keep up with them. But I know what a problem to have. But on the other side of that, the pros of that was I grew very fast. I met a lot of people. I made great connections. My business really took off. And part of this thing with the, this business is that you, um, you have to look at getting your business started or getting momentum going again. You have to take a rocket ship and imagine that with all that fuel that's like burning and burning and burning. And then it, the rocket takes off. And it's the same for your business. When you have your business either new or maybe it is stalled out, there's only one way to your business growing. And that is you sponsoring new people. You cannot tell your team how to sponsor new people <laughs> and expect them to go sponsor new people and help. I mean, you're there to support your team, but your team is going to do what you're doing and not what you're saying and telling them to do. So if your team is stuck, it's because you probably need to sponsor more people and then they'll see you and then celebrate those new people and then they'll want to sponsor people and it just starts to feed itself. But when you start your business, you have at least, I'd say 60 to 90 days, even to six months or more. When I moved to Fargo, it took a year of doing all these activities, you know, vendor events and networkings and one-on-one -on -one meetings and chamber of commerce and you know women's groups and bni and you know you're meeting and doing all these things and that's like the fuel burning in that rocket ship but the rocket ship's still not going anywhere and it's the same for your business it's appearing that nothing is happening and most people quit before the rocket ship takes off in their business and so oh that doesn't work or this isn't for me or whatever that is well when you're doing these types of events you have to do a lot of them you start to enroll some people or people start to see you there more than, you know, those, they'll go to different events in your community and see you there at all of them. And they'll be like, wait a minute, didn't I see you at this other event? And you'll say yes. So that is important to remember that when you're getting your business going or re-going that you have to just pull out all the stops. You know, one vendor booth every three months or four months is not going to get you into momentum one vendor booth every week will get you into momentum. And trust me, there are plenty of events out there. You could have your butt out at some table somewhere in your community every week. And if you live in the middle of nowhere, you got to get creative. I'm serious. I once had a vendor booth at an H&R block during tax season. I'm telling you, I've done, I did, I, you know, like <clears throat> if you have your goal, right here in front of you and you want to get there but someone asks you can you come and sit in our office you know for tax season because people are stressed out and you can offer them aromatherapy and if your ego says no i don't want to do that because that's stupid then you're never going to get to your goal and i thought i have an opportunity why not i don't even think i enrolled anybody but i went every week i was doing a table somewhere at least once a week and that like, put me in a massive momentum. It did not matter where it was. And if I, it was within a reasonable drive of my house, I would go. I even went, I lived in Chicagoland. I drove to Florida. I flew to Washington. I did vendor events in, I think, um, Arizona. 
I did events in Ohio and Pennsylvania and Indiana and Wisconsin and Minneapolis and did I say Iowa? If not, I say Iowa. Um, what else, what other states did I do them in? Um, I mean, everywhere, of course, Fargo, when I lived there. Um, so it wasn't just a matter of, you know, me getting out there and doing them and doing a lot of them. And one booth is not going to tell you whether or not it's successful. Doing one booth every week for six months will tell you if it's successful or not. And you will get better at them. And is it the way for you to grow your business? I don't know. You know, I don't do expos like I did. I turn now to doing things online. But that is not, and not to say that vendor booths are not a good way to grow. So you gotta, the thing is about network marketing, especially Young Living, is that this business is like any other business. You have to advertise. So you have to, if you've gone through your friends and your family and you are flatlining and you're not growing, if you look at your last six months of growing and you're not growing, or maybe a little spike at the holidays or a slump in the summer, you're not growing. And if that's happening, you've gone through your friends and family and you're, you're probably just working with your team and not growing. And if that is the case, you need to start advertising somehow. You've got to pick your channel of advertising. One could be vendor events. You could do trade shows. You could do um, uh, radio. You could do online. You could do Facebook. You could do banner ads. You could do church bulletins. You know, you've got to find new people. Chamber of Commerce mixers, B&I, whatever it is for you, you have to go all out. If you half-ass it, you're going to get a half-ass result and you're not going to see any increase in your check. You really have to decide what your commitment level is in order to really get it off the ground because your business, again, is like the rocket ship. <laughs> and if you have all that fuel going, which is you doing all those events and all of a sudden, poof, you hit momentum, it takes at least so three to six months to get that, do that work for that rocket ship and your momentum to come back. So with that, I want to talk about the 10 ways to have a successful expo. Um, the first one is you've got to remember there is a five, four to six second rule. And which, which means is you got that much time to catch people's attention. And you've got to make your booth obvious of what it is because people are looking around and they see your booth and they decide with an instant whether or not they're going to stop at your booth. And people typically stop at every fifth or sixth booth. So you've got to use, you know, promotional materials that are really big. You have to have pictures that are like, you know, um, you know, very obvious, you know, whether your theme is animals or you have, um, you know, you're featuring the kids sense line or you're featuring, you know, oils first or whatever, make it really obvious what your booth is about. If someone was standing in the aisle or they were a couple booths back and looking at your booth. Okay. And so you're going to want to make sure that your booth has got a bright color, you've got some lights, that you've got, you know, a reason for these people to come to your booth. People should be smiling. I'm going to get into that in a minute. But you want to have just a first impression with a glance. You want people to know immediately what you're doing. So that's the first thing. So banners, pictures. You can go to the Kinkos and they blow up the and laminate these pictures. Beautiful for use for in your booth. You can have banners made, you know, and there's some companies that offer banners, but you know, I, I've had mine made. You can make a beautiful layout. Flickr.com, Young Living has a 
whole, all their professional photographs are on there. You can take the high resolution photographs and have stuff made that's custom for you and your booth and what you, what you like to promote in Young Living. So that's number 10. Number nine is have a clear theme or a message. You know, what do you want to be known for? If you're trying to market all of Young Living's products in your booth, then you're not going to succeed. Okay. <laughs> so what is the theme that you want to take? Obviously, if you're going to a children's expo, you're going to focus on that. If you're going to a women's expo, you could focus on women's health. Men's expo, same thing. Animals, same thing. So have a theme that you really want to be clear on and then pick groups of products that will fall in that theme so that you can help you know, other people understand, oh, here's, you know, a women's expo booth and I see, you know, sclerescence and I see fem, uh, femigen and I see progestins plus and cleansing trio and ninja red and you know what I'm saying? So you might show a little bit of savvy, you know, you really focus on having a theme so people clearly can identify what your booth is about. Okay. So this is, um, also important is number eight is be very mindful of who you bring into your booth if you're going to have buddies with you or your spouse or your children or whatever make sure you have the right people you have people with you that compliment you and ensure that when they're at the show that they're there for marketing and that they're in that mentality this is not a vacation day. This is not a day to sit around and to catch up and talk to each other and, you know, go into, you know, what, how did the holidays go, Mary? And while your backs are turned talking, there are prospects walking by the booth. So you guys can catch up later after the show and you have dinner together or something or lunch or something or have a breakfast beforehand, which would be a great thing because then people could plan this day together. You know, it's really important to sit down with the people that are at going in the show to have clear objectives and goals. Um, and maybe, you know, if this is a person's first expo, do some training with them. Like this audio, you can send them this audio or tag them in this if you see it in the Facebook group and, and get them some training before the event. Dress for the event. If you're going to Cowboy Christmas in Vegas, you better look like Cowboy Christmas in Vegas. You know, big hat, big buckle, lots of sparkles. If you're going to a... Um, you know, uh, like a, a marathon event, which I've been to, you're not going to wear a three-piece suit. However, if you're going to a very formal event, maybe like a bridal expo, you know, dress the part, you know, dress to fit the event. Do you, you know, don't just think about who's going to go there and, and how you need to dress. Um, also have an expo kit. So the people that show up to the, the, uh, the vendor event, Ensure that they have pens, that they have papers, which I'll talk about, you know, a little bit in a second. Um, ensure that they have, you know, their own handouts, their own catalogs, maybe their own products to sample from so that people aren't fighting over that. So have a little expo kit that, you know, or share with people what would be appropriate to bring of their own supplies. And then the other thing is, you know, ensure that your team understands that it's very important to network with other other exhibitors at the event. Sometimes you'll go to a vendor event and the event itself will be a dive, but you'll enroll 10 of the exhibitors. It's happened, I'm just saying, it happens. So having the right people is very important. So number seven is have a color theme. 
Um, what I mean by that is have the theme where you are, um, you know, kind of matching and not everybody's wearing like multiple colors. Like today, I'm wearing red and purple, which are my friend's barn colors for her horses. So if you have a theme in your booth, have everybody wear similar colors. Everybody, we're wearing teal today. We're wearing purple. We're wearing blue and green or, you know what I'm saying? And, and so that it matches and complements the booth. Do you need to wear uniforms? No. Do you need to wear aprons? Not necessarily. But if people kind of look, you know, like they belong together, that would be great. Or maybe you have some t-shirts or maybe you have some polos that match or you're all wearing, you know, something that Young Living had offered at convention and everybody's matchy matchy. So do you follow what I'm saying? So create that. Also match it with the, the table covers and the, the pictures that are in the booth and in some flowers so that, you know, it looks very beautiful to the eye and very attractive. So remember that the color should be very rich, should be very bright. It should be something that out of the corner of your eye, your eye will get pulled to and it will be, you know, like, you know. And so for colors and the themes of colors, you know, green is nature, which Young Living, we have a lot of the nature. Red is excitement or energy. Um, yellow is optimism. Black is authority. I always have some black in there. My tablecloth bases are black and then I often cover them with but, you know, bright colors. White is purity and cleanliness and blue is serenity. So you can go with orange, you can go with other things, but those are just some ideas. Um, so that's number seven. Number six is create an open atmosphere. So the table, what I mean, you're like literally physically it should create an open atmosphere. The table should not block the entrance to the booth. The tables should be set up like in a horseshoe where the back is the, you know, the back of the booth is where there's a table and you pull it out a little bit so you can put stuff behind it. Your junk should not be around um, at all. Uh, the table should be inviting. So like if you only have one table, you might pull it back and have the table like in the middle of the booth. And so you can put some junk behind it, but you can also stand in front of it. It's more inviting to pull people in that way versus superficial at the front of the booth. The booth should be very welcoming. Okay, you should have drawings or games or something, you know, one time we had a wheel that we would spin and people could get, you know, things out of those. Just, you know, stay within your booth area. I mean, that's pretty important. Other thing is within your own atmosphere, please, you know, unless you're at a dead time during the day, do not eat in your booth. Take a break and go out and, um, and have somebody cover for you. If you're totally by yourself, you're going to have to go fast. Like if you see somebody there, you got to eat. So you take, you don't get like brain fog, but munching and eating at the booth and not paying attention to your customers is not inviting at all. People will see you eating and they won't stop because they're afraid they're going to interrupt you. Um, also no cell phones in the booth, which these days back in 2001, when I was doing vendor booths, that was hardly an issue. We had flip phone, not even flip phones, we had those little mini bricks. Now, it's a big problem. Everybody's stuck on their phone. And if you're sitting there scrolling on your phone while people are walking by, they're not going to be feel invited to walk by. So create that open atmosphere and welcoming people, not with your head down and you know, you're on your phone or something like that. Okay. Very, very important. Um, number five is use light, you know, have you know, spotlights on your banners, you know, bring in some lights. You're going to want to get electric. A lot of times the booths will ask you if you want electric. The answer is always yes, because you're going to want to run diffusers. You're going to want to bring in some extra lights because a human eye will be drawn into doing, you know, 
light. <laughs> like, just think about it. When you're driving down the road and it's really dark at night and a car comes towards you, you can't stop staring at the headlights, which is so dumb because we know we're going to see like triple now of spots. But use that light to pull people's eye in. You might have some little pictures with lights that are shining on them. You know, you might have some people use like little flashing lights. You don't use strobes. You'll have people going into seizures walking by your booth. And then you can demonstrate the power of essential oils. But um, you don't want to do that to people. Like just, you know, use table lamps and spots. You know, just have some things where people can draw in. Make sure your booth is not dark. Okay. Um, new, number four is use giveaways very wisely. So drawings are tough. Because I know, and you guys, if you've ever done a booth, you know, there will be people that show up with sticker labels with their name, address, and phone number. And they walk by and they stick their stickers on and they just are professional drawing people. And they don't even care what you are giving away. They want to enter the drawing. And it's like, they, it's terrible. I, I, those people don't even, they don't even care. So when you do giveaways, um, be very mindful of what you're doing. You might have them, um, you know, give name, address, phone number, and then fill out a little survey. You might have different levels of prizes, you know, things like that. But you know, determine what your really your goal is. Is it to have just a mass amount of leads of people wanting free stuff? Or do you, you know, what is the reason why you really want them to stop? Because a lot of times those drawings do not get you anywhere at all. I mean, I know that because I've given away thousands of essential sevens and golden touch one kits. I would do it at every expo. And then I'm like, well, this is not really paying off. I never really enrolled anybody off of that. So do your drawings wisely. You might do a drawing for, um, you know, a consultation, or if you've got a Zyto or an Itovi, or, you know, you think about wisely what you want to give away and what that will lend you in the end result. So there you go. Um, also save expensive brochures for follow-up. You know, what I'll often do is instead of having, all, you know, the brochures on the table, like for everybody just to take, my more valuable ones that I paid a dollar or two for, I will put a sticker, a sticker on them that they're for sale, like two to $5, even catalogs. I'll put a $5 tag on it for sale. And if I've got a wonderful prospect, of course, I'm going to give them that. But people, especially other distributors, and if you've done this, shame on you, <laughs> okay, where you'll walk up to someone else's vendor booth and you'll go take the catalogs. If you're doing that, stop, okay, please. Um, because I have had that happen so many times where someone will come up and say, yeah, I'm in Young Living and then they'll, or doTERRA or whatever, and they'll come in and take all of my books and brochures that I didn't have a price tag on. And they just left with $15 of, of, um, literature that I needed for my prospects. So literally if, it's, if somebody who's already a member wants to buy a catalog, sell it for money. Don't give it away unless it's an old out of date one or something like that. But I will give those away to really good prospects or people that signed up for my drawing that was a really good lead. And I'll talk about that in a second. But it's really important to save those things even for new members as well. So things that I can bring to the copy store and copy and make printouts, I will give those away and have stacks of that stuff. Or brochures that I have bought in packets of 25 or the tear-off sheet ones, those pads with tear-off sheets, those are great. You know, they're more budget friendly. You know, you get like 50 of them for $10. 
that is way better, way better in my opinion. So give out some really good literature that way. And then you can, you know, not be losing your shirt with giving away booklets and things like that and catalogs because they're very valuable. So, and also too, with the giveaways here at number four is make sure that you're giving the big prizes away to your hot leads. So you and your people that are in your booth, your team leaders, you might, you know, on the leads have like a little code or you might star the, the leads that are really good ones, not just, you know, ones with the stickers, the professional giveaway people. Pull those out and do a separate drawing for those so that the people that really care are the ones that are going to win that stuff. Okay, so that's number four. So number three is less is more. And what I mean by that is watch the clutter in your booth. You know, it's very easy to get and try to throw everything of Young Living's in the booth. Like how many times have you gone to a booth or a store and you walk in and there's so much going on that you get overwhelmed and stressed out? And we don't want to do that. So watch the clutter in your booth. Make sure that your stuff your personal jackets, your purses. Purses should go in a cooler or one of those Rubbermaid bins and go under the table because people are actually in a lot of these vendor booths looking to steal purses. So make sure you put them in containers that you might've brought supplies in or something or leave them somewhere else because it is a very good chance you could have stuff stolen. I'm just gonna say it. So put the purses away, food away, coats away, personal stuff should not be shoved on the floor, should be all under the table, tucked away and neat, okay? That's why you, with people that come to the booth that are working in your booth with you, your team members, have them bring a like a container, like a Rubbermaid container and put their stuff in there, their coat, their purse, have them bring their own. They come in with their supplies and then they can put their stuff in there and keep it out of the way because it looks horrible when a booth is all cluttered with people's junk you know, like cups everywhere and oh, it's terrible. So you know what I'm saying? Phones everywhere. So graphics, you know, that you're going to have in the booth should be very clean with bullet points, no paragraphs, you know, not a lot of blah, blah, blah on it, you know, really simple and bold statements. Uh, having too much literature is overwhelming. Just stick to your theme in, lit in literature. Don't try to bring everything that you own. And and if you want to bring stuff, like I have a bin that's all literature, I'll keep that under the table. If there's stuff that I know that like, oh, that's that person's interested in something that I don't have on the table, I can go into the bin, but I try to keep it as clean as I can on the table. Okay. Um, very, very important. So watch the clutter, make sure people have their stuff put away, including yourself, especially by the end of the day, or if it's a two day event, it, like a tornado comes through and hits your booth. <laughs> I'm just, trust me. So be aware of that. Um, also too, um, the second rule is, um, when you have, you know, images and graphics in your booth, make sure that you go with color. I, you know, I know it sounds like kind of cheesy, but make sure that your graphics are not black and white. Even like if you're doing a printout, let's pretend like this printout I'm holding in my hand is a graphic, um, on the table and you've got handouts, you know, use color for headlines or images so that you can grab people's eye and be able to you know have them like pull in it's going to be more attractive for people so just be aware of that um and number one is make sure that you do the follow-up that you promise now one of my tricks you don't know, say follow up follow up follow up follow up right whatever but 
you know, this is my theory on follow-up with people. If I really have a good prospect and I don't want them to get away and they're not enrolling at that moment, that I will not answer all their questions. <laughs> so what I mean is if they ask me about, Jen, do you know what oils help with toenail growth? And I may know in my mind, I might know what nutrition things that might help, but I will say, you know what? I don't really know. I have to hit top of my head. I need to look it up. I know I've got something at home. And then I will get their phone number and email and have a reason to follow up with them. So this is when I, I mentioned for this call today about, you know, what can you do to ensure that people will answer the phone when you do your follow-up is with certain individuals, make sure that you have a reason to follow up and even set up an appointment. So if someone said, Jen, what oils help grow toenails? <laughs> I would say, well, I don't know. You know what? I'm pretty sure I've got that in the office. You know, can I call you on Monday evening? Are you going to be around or should I email it to you? You want me to give you a quick ring? Or what are you, phone person, Facebook? You might even friend them right there. So get like, pretend, like don't give away everything right there in the booth as far as answering questions. You know, if someone says, what about this? What about that? How do I do this? What do, you know, what do I use for that? Plead the fifth. <laughs> I don't know. Like maybe we should set up a call because I got my references at home that I need to check. And I know I have it. I promise I can call you Monday or, you know, blah, 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 blah. So then you will have a reason to follow up with and not, it's not just a cold call follow-up. Yes, you won the drawing for the lemon oil. You know, no, it's like, I am calling because you wanted to know like what'll help your toenails grow. And then you can help them and then you can get them enrolled that way. It's way, way better. That's the number one way that I can get people to follow up on mine when I do the follow-ups because it really um, it's really about me opening the door with something that is interesting to them. They, they're more concerned about their toenails growing. They care more about that than even winning the lemon oil, which is pretty cool. So that's the key to getting your leads to follow up picking the phone or picking the phone up. Or even if you text them saying, hey, I found the answer. Can you talk in 15 minutes? It's too much to type. You could do that too. You know, be creative and resourceful when you're doing your follow-ups. So, you know, some of the other questions I wanted to answer for people with about expos is, you know, is it better to do those big five, six, $700 expos? You know, I've invested the most expensive vendor event expo I did was a medical conference in Manhattan. And that booth alone, the booth alone was $4,500. That was just the cost of the tables. And that wasn't going there. By the time we went and came back, it was like a $7,000 show. And I didn't get anything out of it, you guys. Nothing. I got stuff stolen. A friend of mine got her cell phone stolen. And I had booth stuff taken from under my table. So there's some mean, nasty people out there. And I think I know who did it. And actually, this person is a famous aromatherapy author, of all things. But it's just not, um, it's not, necessarily better if it's more expensive. You know, do some homework on the event if you can. If you can attend the show the year prior to you planning on doing it, then do it. Go to their website and look and see if they have pictures of the, the event. What did the audience look like? You know, go to their Facebook page. You know, did they promote the event? Did they take pictures? You know, that's really important. You want to see some of that. 
you know, I've done booths in a tiny little basement of a church that five people came through and three of them enrolled and went on auto ship for years. So you just never know what's going to happen with people, honestly. So I, I, on the, the way I say is just go to everything you can afford. Okay. You can find $25 tables, $50 tables, free tables, $6,000 tables. I mean, go with what your budget can, can allot you and also make sure that you are the only young living booth. And if they have anybody else there with aromatherapy, who is the company and, you know, make sure that they're not close to you if you decide to go. I've done plenty of booths that have had other aromatherapy companies there at that event, but I want to make sure that I'm not put right next to them. So ensure you tell the organizer that. Also ask the organizer, how are they promoting the event? If they're just telling you they just do Facebook posts, it's, that's baloney. You know, make sure they're taking that money that they're taking for tuition or booth, you know, expense and that they're using that for ads and that they're not just taking that money and, you know, taking it. <laughs> okay. I did an event here in Minneapolis a couple years ago at the convention center and it was a $900 booth and the person was arguing with me, mind you, I'm a Facebook expert, um, that just doing Facebook posts were going to be enough to get people to the show which I knew was a lie because I was running ads and I knew how it worked on Facebook, but they, um, they insisted that. And let me tell you, it was the worst event I'd ever done. Nobody showed up. The aisles were bare, even at two o'clock in the afternoon. And the booth next to me that was giving away free booze never even had a line in the, at the front of the event or at the, at the table. So you got to question the event organizer a little bit, unless you have money to burn. So I don't think you do. So you should ask. <laughs> um, so there's that. So how do you find events that other people are not attending? Well, the number one thing is to ask the organizer of the booth uh, of the event to say, is anybody else there with Young Living? And that's the number one key. Or if you're searching events, you know, in your local area and you look at who is already there, look and see if Young Living is already there. That's how you kind of find things. And then another thing, you know, I did talk earlier about putting people in this event with you that um you know that will be a team leader and a team player but one of the things that i find is important is to know your color your personality color and bring people to that event that complement your color so remember if you're green you need to bring some blues that's your opposite if you're a red make sure you're bringing some yellows if you're a red green make sure you're bringing some blue yellows okay so don't have a whole booth of reds oh my gosh i've done that like more than once and we had a hard time enrolling people but my sister i am a red green my sister is a red blue and so when my sister and i would do events together it worked amazing because she was the fun like exciting extroverted person and she would hawk them in and then she would like hand them over to me because I had all the factoids in my brain and I didn't roll them. So it was like this perfect synergy within the booth. So when you're running your event and you want people to come with you, bring complimentary colors because if they're not interested in talking to you, they might be interested in talking to somebody else with a, with a complimentary color. So I hope that helps because I know that was huge for me, huge for me. I can't even tell you how huge it was. I really had, um, uh, big, big challenges with that. Because if I'm standing there by myself, 
it's just absolutely horrible. So yeah, it's just crazy. Anyways, well, I think that's all that I have today. I'm very, um, very excited about this topic because I've done it for many years. You can definitely do vendor events. I always invite people to choose a few different ways of finding new prospects so that you, if one well goes dry, you're, which happens, you know, I've done many events where, you know, a month or two in a row where they were bad and then I have a good one. So mix up your prospecting, you know, choose a, you know, a couple of different ways, usually two to three ways you like to meet people and then go for it and, you know, give it a chance, get good at doing that skill and you will be able to, um, uh, you know, find new people <laughs> so that you can uprank. Anyways, I hope you guys are having a great evening or whenever you're listening to this, it might be the rebroadcast and, um, I will see you guys next week. We're going to do a New Year's kickoff next week. I've got Tom Challen coming on. We're going to talk about planning for what is going on with the in, within network marketing for this coming year. What's different about this year than previous years? And we're going to um, address that and how you can keep up with the trends and what's going on because he's got his finger on the pulse. He's been doing a lot of research lately and he will be able to share that with you. And you're going to want to come to that one or listen to that if it's, you're listening to the rebroadcast. So anyways, everybody, have a great rest of your night and I'm glad you're here. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye, everybody.